0: You are listening to the IoT for All media network. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the IoT for All podcast. I'm your host Ryan Cohn and today's guest is Mick Lemberg, the Chief Product Officer of OneOT. He joins me today to talk about all things connectivity management platforms, what they are, how they work, and how they fit into the IoT landscape. But before we get into this episode, if any of you out there are looking to enter the fast-growing and profitable IoT market but don't know where to start, Check out our sponsor, Leverage. Leverage's IoT solutions development platform provides everything you need to create turnkey IoT products that you can white-label and resell under your own brand. To learn more, go to iotchangeseverything.com. That's iotchangeseverything.com. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the IoT for All podcast. Welcome back to the IoT for All show. Thanks for being here this week. Thank you for inviting me, and hello to everybody. Yeah, it's great to have you. I'd, I'd really appreciate it if you could start off by just giving us a quick introduction about yourself, background, relevant experience, all that kind of good stuff.
1: Sure. Uh, yeah, my name is Mick Lemberg. I'm a chief product officer at uh, OneOT. And then about myself, then actually my background lies more on the marketing side, but uh, I've graduated or developed into the product side and then I I've uh, studied and uh, worked as a business designer and and uh, so therefore i'm leading the product innovation cycle and the value offering here at one OT uh, so that our offering is still relevant to the customers we are ahead of the trends and we solve their everyday
0: problems and uh, needs fantastic well i have two follow-up questions to that one is tell us a little bit more about one OT and at the same time i'd love to hear a little bit more about the role of a chief product officer in the IoT space and kind of what you do and kind of, you know, the main purpose and, and objective of a role like that.
1: Sure. Uh, so the one OT is a independent uh, cellular connectivity provider to IoT uh, businesses or service providers. So okay. um, how we started is uh, we saw... In the market, the problem that it's quite hard to uh, scale or expand your business from one country to another, you have to go through the whole contract negotiations, pricing negotiations, all these topics. So we saw the value of bringing this onto one Offering So that from the customer perspective or from the IoT business perspective, they have one point of contact for their SIM cards, for their invoicing, for their pricing, for the support. So that was the value offering at the beginning. And uh, yeah, with the introduction of uh, eSIM or the remote SIM provisioning, everything kind of ag- aggregating all different telecoms onto one platform and into one service is uh, quite feasible and super uh, super good solution for the customers.
0: Fantastic. Um, Yeah, go ahead, sorry.
1: Yeah, and then I just wanted to jump on to the the other question that you had about uh, Product Officer and my role specifically. Then uh, we saw from the very beginning that uh, it's not that uh, efficient to have uh, like all the support people manage the customer SIM cards. So it's better to give them self-service platforms so they themselves can manage and handle their uh, SIM cards and the IoT connectivity side of things. Right. So uh, so in the company, my main responsibility is about uh, developing this platform, but I'm also overseeing all sorts of uh, uh, carrier relations and also the types of customers we're going after and what are value-added services that we can offer to them so that the one package uh, would would suit their needs. And and, then, yeah, but the main responsibility lies in the SIM management platform.
0: Fantastic. Well, that's great. Um, you know, I haven't I've haven't really spoken to too many uh, chief product officers here on the podcast, so it's kind of great to to learn a little bit more about what that role entails and kind of how it fits in. Because you know, you guys play a critical role in the development of a lot of these offerings uh, to the market in our space. So that's so that's great. Uh, wh- one question I wanted to ask you about 1OT is tell if you could share. I guess some use cases or some applications of your technology in the real world to help bring it kind of more full circle to you know from what it is that you do to actually being deployed at, you know out in the world.
1: Sure. Uh, by application, you mean like a customer use case?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anything that um, you know kind of shows the 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 power and you know the application of the technology.
1: All right. All right. So we yeah, I guess the. Simplest uh, example to wrap your head around is micro mobility and then e scooters huh? or sh- scooter mm, sharing okay. companies. Sure. Um, we, by yeah, best of our knowledge, we are the biggest uh, SIM provider to all sorts of these uh, e scooter companies across the world, and uh, you know the. Problem for them is that they want to scale super quickly to different countries or even regions and then open new cities continuously, right? So right. for them to get the SIM cards from the one company and then manufacture the SKUs or the scooters as one without actually having to go through the different uh, implementations for, let's say, LATAM or Europe or Africa or whatnot, sure. they can do everything with the same package and then okay. they can afterwards their business team or whoever then can decide all right we have manufactured 100000 uh, scooters we are now ready to open berlin let's send this send the scooters to berlin and they work let's send the scooters to uh, some us country uh, right. uh, city and they work over there so that's the most Uh, like the biggest use case or is micromobility sector within our uh, connectivity customers. And then I think it's also quite easy example for the people or listeners to wrap their head around because probably they have seen these scooters uh, around the the cities.
0: Do do you all work um, kind of, do you work with telecoms at all? And if you do, I'd love to hear kind of how telecoms and you all kind of, you know, work together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, telecoms are our biggest partners in that sense. Okay. We ourselves don't own any of the core networks. So right. that's wh- that. this is where the independent aspect comes in, that okay. uh, we have made uh, 13 different telecom agreements who uh, enable us to provide global connectivity in 190 countries. So right. we are like in a sense, aggregating their services onto this one eSIM uh, that then our customers can manage over there, which subscription or which carrier profile suits their need best and what's the demand that they can uh, over there remotely subscribe or yeah, right. remote provision this uh, telecom profile.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I wanted to, to break down just for a second what a connectivity management platform actually is. I mean, in the name itself, it obviously kind of really hints at obviously what you, what it is that it does. But if you could break it down into like a layman terms for people who may be kind of, you know, unfamiliar or learning more about IoT, what exactly is a connectivity management platform and why is it so important for an IoT solution?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think let's start from the uh, IoT business point of view. So in that sense, this is the platform that our uh, connectivity customers receive and have access to. And then so what they can do on this platform, because there's also another side, which is uh, for the telecoms or for our account managers, which they can do. So in that sense, it's the same platform, but there are different functionalities and needs. But for those IoT businesses or these, let's say, scooter companies, what they need is mostly Change, change the sim status, right? So, okay. uh, of, of course, you want to, when the scooters are not working, uh, in order to save costs, you can easily put them to sleep or offline. They don't do any data and you don't have any running costs, right? Gotcha. Then the other pit is uh, making sure that you don't have any... <clears throat> frauds or these uh, devices going crazy. So, for example, we have built in like data limit systems and then other notification systems and workflows in order to stop these, uh, you know, maybe some device software update uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't or has some bugs or whatnot. So the data consumption increases a lot. So you put some kind of limit that like, hey, if it reaches this 30 megabytes, then you know close the SIM because this is not usual, you know. Or you know maybe there's somebody takes out the SIM card. We can even track this, uh, so you know it's a stolen SIM card. Or this SIM goes to another country. You know it's also an example of a stolen device. So all these kind of things the customers can build in uh, in our platform with the automation workflows and then uh, everything other smart uh, smart features. Then there's also the billing and the invoicing and the pricing uh, side of things. Uh, As I discussed, we have the self-service platform. So for them to send the devices to the new country, then uh, they don't really need to call us or talk to the account manager. They can do this by themselves within the platform, check out the country, what's the the available uh, network technologies, if it suits them, what's the price, and then they can just like assign like i have these 100 sims in my inventory yep. These sims will go to now uh, paris i want to have them this uh, subscription and i want them go live uh, next uh, month so they That's can it. manage those things themselves and then this also gives opportunity for us to uh, make these processes internally quite efficient. So because okay. there isn't like a human factor or in between and then, you know, right, sometimes right. Uh, with the telephone games and whatnot, uh, things uh, can go out of hand as well.
0: And, and can you tell us a little bit more about the, the current landscape of the connectivity management platform kind of industry, if you will? So, you know, obviously we talked a lot about what what OT does and kind of the independent nature of it. But there are tons of other companies, I'm sure, out there who play in a similar space. If you could just lay out kind of what the, the landscape looks like and how it kind of differs depending on potentially use case or industry focus or scale um, and kind of how, how all that fits together.
1: Sure. Uh, so in general, we see that there's like... Three types of companies offering these connectivity management platforms, right? First of all, you have the good old uh, telecom infrastructure vendors. These are the big right. guys. Is yeah. it uh, Ericsson or Cisco, Jasper or whoever? They have they have their own platforms. They are these are for the telecoms and not so much about the end customer or the IoT business, right? Then Mm -hmm. there's uh, Telecom's own platforms, for example, Vodafone has developed their own, TMA wanted to do their own thing. So these are the, uh, these are the, like, telecom own developers. And then the next layer is companies like us, who, let's say, are these new up-and-coming platforms that are building for specific use case or for specific uh, target group. So, for example, there are platforms that cater for huge enterprises who have who already have multiple uh, sim providers in their inventory, or there are platforms for automotive industry. So there's like a, a bit of specialization already in hand or happening. But these are mostly from the younger and up and coming companies.
0: Gotcha. And if we're to look at the market kind of today and how IoT is is currently building itself and growing. What do you feel like the market is really looking for? uh, And and how do you kind of compare that to what solutions are actually out there on the market for people to use now? And and where do you see it kind of going?
1: Right. So I think this is now a great opportunity to to turn this conversation more around uh, why telecoms need this uh, connectivity management platform as well. So in that sense, uh, uh, as I mentioned, <clears throat> there's the other side of connectivity management platforms for the telecoms uh, because it can be used as uh, like a support tool or even like an overarching view of your whole sure. IoT business, right? And then, then why the, the telecoms are looking for it? There are multiple reasons. First of all, there's market demand that the market demands. Their customers demand a modern self-service platform because they have mm. seen it that like this is available. But I'm already using so much, uh, or I have invested so much money into buying your sims, but I still want the platform. Like, can you do right. something? Right. And developing it yourself takes, from our experience, two three years. And and uh, so you know that's why they those companies start looking out for other opportunities. Then there's also a lot of huge tenders. And Mm -hmm. uh, those tenders already uh, have a requirement, like, in order to apply, you need to have also connectivity management platform. Gotcha. Then there's also the side that, like, you want to start your own IoT business line. Maybe you haven't really focused on the m to connectivity side. You only do the consumer business. Mm -hmm. But in order to get this started, you also have to offer some... uh, value and then this is where the self-service connectivity management platform comes into a picture and then if you don't have to develop it but you can white label it then you 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 get the head start and you already have a advantage in your country or in your region compared to other uh, other telecoms
0: and as more companies these days um in especially the iot space are moving towards the cloud. How are connectivity management platforms really fitting that overall business model? And Or I guess, how does that move towards the cloud help for success when it gets mixed in there with the connectivity management platform itself?
1: Right. I think it brings a lot of innovation because uh, right. we also consider our platform as like a, it's added as a soft layer on top of the telecom's core network right and their okay. own uh, software layers and the tech stack so in that sense there's a simple let's say simple api integrations and it's just a, like an interface that uh, their end customers or iot businesses can access to and i think this Uh, easiness or everything moving to cloud and then only relying on the simple API integrations to facilitate this uh, data information and other kind of uh, information then this allows to keep developing those platforms and you will have uh, new features, value-added services on the platform, which are not so reliant on the core network features or infrastructure, which a lot of uh, investment in terms of money and time and also the competence and the knowledge. But then you can actually focus on the really like SaaS business and then Mm -hmm. the focus on the end customer and the UX and then the value for the IoT business. And then the telecoms can rely on their core competencies and have this fundamental layer uh, simply with them. Uh, But the additional value comes from the cloud and the efficiency and then moving quickly and saving money.
0: So if, if I'm out there listening to this and kind of learning more about connectivity management platforms and their value, which you're very well articulating here today, is there a certain point in the development of an IoT solution, all the way from you know basically the ideation to the scale that they should be thinking about the right connectivity management platform for their solution, or when they should be actually reaching out to a company like yours to start discussing and then potentially implementing. Is is there too early of a time to do this, or is there a more pr- like pr- proper time that you feel is the right right moment to, to really fit in with with what they're looking to do?
1: I wouldn't say that there's a time that's too early. Uh, of course, uh, yeah, w- how we have built the platform is that you can enable more functionalities as you grow. Obviously, you don't need all the bells and whistles from the get-go, but you need still have a simple platform. And then that allows you to do the basic sim management and the, everything that is, that's related to billing and pricing. You know, this right. is the basic element, and this is what you need from the get-go and okay. or even like uh, having a visibility into data sessions and all these topics so uh, this is what you need from the very beginning and therefore i encourage everybody to who is interested or who is thinking about it to reach out as early as possible because yeah we can help you uh, avoid the mistakes uh, of not, of like uh, trying to build something Yourself or sure. uh, yeah, yeah, going through the mistakes yourself. So in that right. sense, yeah, I encourage everybody to to uh, to be smart, <laughs> learn from everybody else's mistakes, and then kind of uh, yeah, skip or uh, fast track onto a working solution.
0: Right. Well, that's that's fantastic. I've I've one um, kind of main last question before we wrap up, and I wanted to ask when when you're interacting with customers, how are you all? Gaining the trust of of these enterprise customers and, and working to kind of level the playing field with what telecoms are offering and kind of why do or do you recommend companies work with one IoT as opposed to going directly to a telecom or some of these other solutions out there? What is it that you've found been successful in those conversations to get people to not only understand, but at the same time then adopt?
1: Right, Uh, that's a very good question and uh, I think the main thing is uh, we now already have a quite proven track record, let's say, Uh, half a million of uh, SIMs uh, sold and also we have those telecoms uh, partners and also three telecoms that we have white labeled the connectivity platform to run their own IoT business. So uh, having this track record, but how we got here, I think the main thing is developing the relationship. And then understanding their problem and then offering solutions and going the extra mile that maybe like you even think about the problem after that, which they can't describe at the moment. But if you Mm -hmm. have the core competencies and you know the subject, then uh, you can see the red flags already uh, further away that the customer can. So through these conversations and then showing your expertise and knowledge and then showing that you are Able to understand their issues, and then okay. you want the best for them. Uh, so I think, yeah, if you have a, if you share the outcome, or if you share the same goal, then it's quite easy to overcome these uh, trust issues as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that's great. I think I've seen. A very similar approach in a lot of different areas of IoT. Whether it's talking about connectivity to the hardware, you know, talking about the application side, of that that trust, that relationship development, um, goes a long way in in working to build the relationships that lead to you know um, working relationships, and then at the same time the the adoption and success at, at any point in time during that stage of, of, of the IoT journey. So, so this has been yep. a fantastic conversation. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you as we uh, as we wrap up is: Is there anything new or, or exciting kind of coming out from uh, OneIT that we should be on the lookout for? Any new use cases or any kind of applications or technologies, solutions offerings, you name it—anything that we should be kind of paying attention to?
1: Sure, uh, I think we can uh, announce that uh, we are soon releasing uh, separate SaaS platforms for okay. the huge enterprises who already have, let's say. Multiple uh, vendors offering their SIM cards, but they need a single pane of uh, view of all their SIM cards. And then we have been able to crack the code how to make these integrations super easy for those IoT businesses. And then, then therefore, yeah, we are super excited about this. SaaS offering, uh, which uh, should be available uh, quite soon. And and uh, yeah, I me personally, I'm super excited about this development as well, because it's a new angle that we are bringing to the market. And then mm-hmm. also something that we haven't been or we haven't done before.
0: Fantastic. And if our audience out there wants to follow up with questions, get, um, you know, talk more about their own, own projects, how you all might be able to work together, fit in, or just, you know, generally want to kind of follow up to this conversation here today, what's the best way to do that?
1: The best way to learn more about uh, one t is go to our website, oneot.com. Uh, okay. Quite, quite easy to uh, find us, but then also they can write to me, uh, mick.lemberg okay. at one tcom so okay. uh, just add a dot between my first and last name, and uh, yeah, you can reach out, and then we can uh, see how we can help you, and then what, what's the problem
0: that the customer or the company has. Fantastic. Well, Mick, this has been a great conversation talking about a subject that is super important in the IoT space and one that we don't cover nearly enough. So I really appreciate your time today and thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for inviting me and I hope it was a
0: good conversation for everybody. Yeah, it was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Alright everyone, thanks again for watching that episode of the it for all podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please click the thumbs up button, subscribe to our channel, and be sure to hit the bell notification so you get the latest episodes as soon as they become available. Other than that, thanks again for watching, and we'll see you next time.